Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. This is Jesus speaking. For with judgment you pronounce, uh, with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let's take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Eight years ago, there was a a lady named Lindsay. She's about 30 years old. She worked with special needs children and uh, she had a, a quirky sense of humor. Lindsay and her friend Katie they liked to uh, um, take pictures of themselves next to signs while they're disobeying what the signs said. And they like to, like, you know, send these pictures or post them on one another's Facebook wall. And, uh, for example, Lindsay had one of her next to a no-smoking sign, of course, with a lit cigarette, you know, looking smugly at the sign, that kind of thing. They did that all the time. And uh, they would just do it to make one another laugh. Well, Lindsay at one point had... um, had visited Arlington National Cemetery. I don't know if any of you have been there. I've been there. It is uh, hallowed ground. It's beautiful and it's, it's moving. You know, hundreds of thousands of our servicemen are buried there and it's miles of crosses and it's just this sort of sacred place. Well, Lindsay was visiting there, I think presumably to pay her respects like everybody else. And, and uh, there was a sign there that said, please keep silent and show respect. And Lindsay saw that sign and thought, I'm going to take a picture for Katie of me next to the sign pretending to scream and make a ruckus. So she gets right up next to it and she's screaming and she's making an obscene gesture to the sign. And they take, she took that picture, not thinking anything of it, and posted it on her friend's wall. Um, well, things are fine and a week later she's out hanging out with her friend and they're having a good time. And somebody calls her and says, you're going viral. Well, the picture had spread all over the internet. And people without knowing the context said, she's dishonoring our servicemen and our veterans and and she needs to be strongly dealt with. And somebody puts up the the, uh, page that says, Fire Lindsay. That's the title of the page. And it just swept the internet. And she woke up the next morning with reporters on her front lawn. And she, uh, she was completely taken aback. She didn't know about privacy settings uh, on Facebook even. She was just trying to, you know, play a joke with her friend. And she got to, to work and her boss met her and said, I need your keys. You no longer have a job here. For the next year, she hardly left her home. She was so traumatized by the reaction. And this, this is only one story of, uh, uh, there are many more that are like it, of somebody saying something um, and, uh, does else hear that? What are we here? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nice story. I heard a guitar solo going on here. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, there are many other stories like this. Uh, we, live in a, we live in a culture today, a call-out culture. We live at a time when people uh, like to see something wrong that somebody else does and to pile on. 
And because of the communication age that we live in, oftentimes uh, there's, you know, a swift and, and extreme retribution for these things. Um, Jesus warns, though, against this kind of thing when he tells us not to judge and that the measure which we judge, we can be measured on. So let's first look at this verse because right now I think, I think I've heard this is the most quoted verse out of Scripture today. It used to be John 3.16. Now it's this, just the first part, judge not yet lest you be judged. Now let's look at first what it, what it means because I think a lot of people misunderstand this. Um, he says, judge not lest you be judged for the measure in which you judge that you'll be judged by that measure. So it, I don't think, first of all, that it means don't ever correct a person or say what, they do is, or what they're doing is wrong. That is what many people assume that it means. And so that's what they run with. Here's the reason why I think that's a bad interpretation. First of all, everywhere Jesus goes, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So right away, he is calling people to correct their way of thinking and to come to him. And he, uh, he is, is obviously very explicit with the Pharisees and the Sadducees about changing their hearts and changing their actions. And even to people like the woman caught into adultery, who he's so loving and, and, and gentle with, he even says to her to stop sinning, okay? So I don't think, don't judge, I don't think that means don't ever say somebody else is wrong in doing something. Are you with me? Now, you could say, well, that's Jesus though. Like Jesus could judge us and that's why we shouldn't. And I would say, okay, it's a good point. Except Jesus even tells us in Matthew 18, he says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. And then he shows him how to do that in a loving way. So Jesus even instructs us to, to walk people through that. And there's several times in the New Testament when Peter and Paul are, are telling us the same thing. For example, in Galatians 6, um, uh, Paul says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So I think that is not a very good interpretation. In fact, I think it's a self-defeating interpretation. Because if, you're tell if you see somebody correcting somebody and then you correct them, saying that that's judging, you are also judging, are you not? You see what I'm saying? Hey, you're judging. It's wrong to judge. That either includes what you're saying or it doesn't. You see? Sort of like they're saying, you know, saying there's absolutely no absolutes. Same kind of thing. It's a self-defeating idea. And I think Jesus is, doesn't use self-defeating logic. So I don't think that's what that means. Um, so what is the verse about? Well, again, remember the second part of the verse talks about the measure. It says, with the measure, uh, excuse me, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He's talking about the fact that every single one of us has things in our hearts that we could be condemned for. In fact, should. Because he, he goes on to talk about the plank in our own eye, right? Every single one of us has these. We have logs in our own eye that we want to raise a big stink about uh, uh, somebody else's issue. That's a real problem. So Jesus says, careful now. Don't do that. Don't get involved in calling people out on things unless you yourself want to be called out in that same way. There was a provision 
in the Mosaic Law, Deuteronomy 19. Um, I think that sort of gives this idea a little bit. Uh, here it is. Uh, it, he says, uh, let's see, if a malicious witness arises to accuse a person of wrongdoing, and if the witness is a false witness and has accused his brother falsely, then you, he's speaking to the, the judge who's trying the case, then you uh, shall do to him as he meant to do to his brother. You get the picture? It's like if somebody accuses somebody of doing something uh, uh, against the law and says, oh, this person needs to go to jail or pay this or whatever, and that person is shown to be lying, then he should have the punishment he was seeking. Isn't that interesting? Now, that was in the Mosaic Law. Now, obviously, uh, uh, we're in a different time. I don't think that's exactly what Jesus is referring to, but that whole same measure concept, I think, is sort of, uh, is a good picture for us. So what is Jesus referring to? Maybe he's referring to in Judgment Day, if you were really, really harsh to people, then you are going to be dealt with really, really harshly. He doesn't specify Maybe he's talking about just the way of human nature. Like, dude, sometimes it's, it, you're going to call people out like that. Other people are going to do the same to you. He doesn't say exactly what he means by this shall be. And I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of both involved. But today, the fact is, people want to have it both ways. They love to call people out in public forums. They love to be able to say, you're wrong, and that person's evil, and the person you're voting for is evil, and everything. Ah! But then if somebody accuses them or a guy they like, hey, don't judge. You see what I'm saying? That's kind of a problem. And I think that's what Jesus is addressing. To take the, the, the log out of your own eye before you look for specks in your brother's eye. You can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I'm being prophetic by stating this hard truth. And then someone states a hard truth against you and you're like, hey! You know, it doesn't work that way. So, Jesus, I think, is recognizing that disparity. We should not condemn one another. There's lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is you simply do not know the motives of your neighbor's heart. You cannot see into someone else's heart. So do not condemn them. Do not make assumptions. I remember this quote from a former president. I'm not going to tell you which former president because I want you to just judge the words themselves, okay? This isn't a gotcha. I'm not even going to tell you who it is. Here's the quote. We have seen our discourse degraded by casual cruelty. At times, it can seem like the forces pulling us apart are stronger than the forces binding us together. Argument turns easily into animosity. Disagreement escalates into dehumanization. Too often, we judge other groups by their worst examples while judging ourselves by our best intentions. Did you hear that? I'm going to read that one again, okay? Too often... We judge other groups by their worst examples while judging ourselves by our best intentions. Forgetting the image of God we should see in each other. Isn't that a good quote? And I think, he, I think he's on to something there. There you go. Now you know it's a man. That was it's a joke, see? Because whatever. <laughs> Part of our duty, you guys, as, to, as followers of Jesus 
is to remember the image of God in one another, and to remember it, to see it, and to embrace it, to embrace the image of God. Therefore, I want to say this, it is not our job as believers to be a part of the mobs that would yell accusations at one another. That is not part of our job description. Because right now, all we got is mobs, let's be honest. That's what we see all over the place. And I'm not just talking about physical mobs and the riots in Portland or whatever. I'm not, that's, that is an example. But the digital mobs as well. We end up in these groups where all we're doing is pointing fingers and yelling all of these things at one another. Uh, assigning motivations to each other even though we can't see one another's hearts. And, and for some reason, we think it's okay but I'm not sure it's okay. In fact, Peter says this. He says, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. He says to put away slander. Which of course means speech that, that can injure another person's good name. Slander is, is defamation. And Paul says this to Timothy. Get this. This, to me, I read this and I thought, man, it feels like he's speaking to us today. Uh, he's speaking to Timothy as a, as a young pastor. He says, I, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain people not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is to love uh, that issues uh, is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussions, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Can you see the mentality here? He's speaking against, really, what we see all over the place. Myths and endless speculations. I think of, I think of you know, this age, I feel like what we have here are a clash of, of cancel culture and conspiracy culture. And this is not the way of Jesus. Vain speculations. Assertions about which you do not know. These are dangerous things. You guys, I'm old enough to remember when Bill Clinton was the Antichrist. Anybody else? Yep. Okay. Anybody remember when, in, in uh, 2000 when George Bush became the Antichrist? You remember that? Yeah. In 2008, Barack Obama was elected Antichrist. And for eight years, he held that torch, you know. And now President Trump is the Antichrist again. I got emails and Facebook videos that people sent without saying anything trying to convince me that Barack Obama was the Antichrist. And I know these things go on all the time. And these are from followers of Jesus. And I stop and go, you guys, that's slander. I don't care if you like his politics or not, it's slander. And that the gospel is clear that this is not what we are supposed to take part in. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter the political party. It's slander. And we're in an age right now 
where their intentions are so high that we're suddenly feeling free to make accusations about which we know nothing, as, as Paul says. And sometimes I feel like it's vain speculations and endless myths and genealogies. And we feel okay because we feel justified in the cause that we're going against. But I fear this is slander. Whether you embrace cancel culture or conspiracy culture, this is not the way of Jesus. This is where we find ourselves today. In the crossfire of different cultural dysfunction. Friends, I want to say this in love because in all love and gentleness, we will give an account for every word that we say and every meme that we share. We will. Even if that meme sounds really good or will help our political cause somehow, we will give an account for all of these things. You don't have to be a part of the mob culture. In fact, I'm urging you not to. I'm saying Jesus says, don't jump in there. Remember the log in your own eye. Remember, remember. If you don't want to be judged harshly by people who don't know your hearts, then please don't judge other people if you don't know their hearts. And I don't care who the person is or what position they have or how much money they have, it's not okay. Can you imagine? Wouldn't it be cool if the next time, you know, because the election's gonna come and go and coronavirus will, will eventually go and can you imagine if the next time there was a huge divisive issue in our culture that we believers just opted out of cancel and conspiracy culture? What if we just opted out? We're like, nah. Nah. Not gonna, not gonna do that. I'm not, I'm not talking about not engaging in the issue itself. But engaging politically, engaging in, dis, in political discussions does not equate buying into conspiracies or, or, or cancel culture. Are you with me? That's not the same thing. What I'm telling you is it's very, very different. So what if we just said, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to slander somebody. I don't think your person is the Antichrist. What if we just decided that? Because that's actually what we're supposed to do. Our speech is supposed to be sweet to one another. We're supposed to walk with the fruits of the Spirit. We're supposed to treat people like Jesus did. And that includes our online discourse. It's the kindness of God, folks, that leads us to repentance. Remember that. It's the kindness of Jesus. It's not the zinger that your favorite pundit gave to his questioner. <laughs> it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So I want to give something practical here for your consideration. Before you share an article or a meme or a video, whatever it is, ask yourself this. First, first question, is this true? Or is this something I hope is true? Is this true or is this merely a speculation? 
And if you don't know if it's true, don't share it. Is it loving? Is this a loving thing that I'm sharing? Does it promote redemption? Does it move people toward the love of God and the love of their neighbors? If it does not, don't share it. Is it helpful? In other words, will this plea, will this just serve to like, you know, please people who agree with me and make everyone else mad? Because that's not actually helpful. It's not accomplishing anything good. In fact, it's probably just confirmation bias at this point. So is it helpful? And if it's not helpful, don't pass it along. Now here's the thing. I have seen those three criteria on refrigerators my entire life. Or on people's kitchen wall, right? Is it true? Is it loving? Is it helpful? Like I've seen that. And I love when people roll that way in their homes. Like, hey, I'm not going to speak it if it's not true or loving or helpful. And I think we adopt that in our homes. Let's just adopt that in the way that we relate to each other, even online. You know what I mean? I think it's a very simple and a great little criteria. When we lead with love, you guys, it just, it changes everything. It changes everything. So I want to encourage you with what Paul says. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Let's embrace communication that looks like that. We can love our neighbors in a way that scripture actually defines love as. Can you guys embrace that with me? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us all. I pray that you would help us to walk in the way of Jesus and not in the way of this world. Help us, Lord, to reject the mob mentalities that would seek to to alienate and divide and slander. Pray that you would be Lord of our relationships and our speech. And we pray this in Jesus' name. You guys agree with that? Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you sitting here and, and listening and praying and worshiping. It's great to be back together as a family. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll see you uh, next Sunday.